This is the World of Wellbeing podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm Holly. Through the conversations we're having on this podcast, we're exploring themes of World of Wellbeing. And by listening today, you're joining the conversation. So today's guest is Rollo from Nourished Communities, a shop that's, well, his first shop is just down the road from me. I got very excited when I discovered it, told Luke about it. Turns out Luke knows Rollo from a past life, as it were. Um, so we're very excited to talk to Rollo about his current life. Yes, and for clarity's sake, I'm not sure if I met him in a previous incarnation of my current existence, uh, but we'll clarify that um, in the in the pod upcoming episode. But it was really great to chat to Rollo, how he founded the work that he's doing, and the kind of all the exciting things that they're they've begun to do and plan to do. So we're going to dive right in so you can hear the energy that he has for this and the exciting things that you can engage with as well. Let's go. Great. Well, hello, Rollo. Hello. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Hey, Rollo. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. <laughs> and can I just say, you're wearing such a colourful jumper that I wish people could see what you're wearing because it's just sparking joy. <laughs> it's my. It's actually my favorite. We're, we're we're looking to try and get uniforms made like this, but it's very hard to find uh, someone who can uh, make them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. for for listeners, Holly, describe what you're seeing. Okay. So I am seeing. I don't want you to be insulted if I say this. This is why I got Holly to describe it because it's going to be fun. <laughs> so you know when you're a kid and you go to a castle and they have like a um. A recreation of the knights. <laughs> Basically, I am getting flashbacks to being at Hurstmonzoo Castle with my family. And then... <laughs> Sorry, Luke's now choking. But it's like... And you, you look like a knight. There we go. If you had a sword... but it's like A multicoloured knight. A multicoloured yeah. knight. So it's like this big... Yeah. Almost, you know, an abstract <laughs> sort of... So in normal person language, what we're seeing is block coloured on a hood, block colours on a hoodie is what we're seeing. And it's, and, and short shorts, we just got a, can I say crotch shot on the podcast? Um, loving it. Um, <laughs> oh, you found me down. What, a, what an know, episode already. Thursday afternoon. Um, so I am slightly, and maybe to put the disclaimer out at this point, I'm already slightly um, more aware of Rollo's um, wardrobe choices because Rollo and I actually used to briefly work together um, and his trousers were often the brightest thing to be seen, um, not only in the office, but probably in the West End. Yeah. Um, so that's that's probably a, 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 a bold claim. But I think one, Rollo, do you agree? I think that's probably justifiable. Um, but yeah. we, we don't... We don't... Yeah, I would say definitely, definitely justifiable. So could you yeah. please tell us what it is that you do? So... So we're called Nourished Communities. We began two and a half years ago during lockdown, um, initially working with farmers um, that were not able to trade on farmers markets as a result of COVID. Um, and we, I've worked with lots of the farms that we work with since I was about 14 years old across around 28 markets across London. Um, and we sort of initially started by collecting the dots between farmers and also uh, uh, I guess directly to consumers, but not not for profit. It was just helping the farmers to distribute. Um, we began by trading from a pub in, in Clerkenwell, um, and then subsequently opened a store in Islington, um, and more recently have opened 
uh, a place in Finchley Park on Blackstock Road, um, where we produce our own honey. We have around 70 hives across London. We also produce our own uh, mushrooms, which we grow from uh, coffee granules. And then we have a uh, new store, which we are launching in Walthamstow next uh, next week, which we're building at the moment. So I've got a big blood blister from tearing down the walls. <laughs> um, and then we also have just opened where I am now, a, a cafe um, in King's Cross, um, which is more of, a, uh, which is slightly different from what we do. But what, what we do on a day-to-day basis is we, we are an e-commerce platform that sort of grown and, and evolved into an e-commerce platform that represents independent producers from all around um, the UK. Um, we began with just British producers and um, sort of, I guess we try and be a platform for independent um, producers and growers and farmers to distribute and sell through. But we also work with them in the capacity of supporting them across sort of marketing, across I don't know, like advice on scaling, manufacturing, branding, um, various different areas. And a really key part of us as nurse communities is looking at how we are, you know, how we are a platform for people to express themselves from within the community and how as a community we can empower people to excel in areas far beyond the immediate communities that they're part of. So we we rent out the space for sort of a corporate events where we do sort of seasonal cafes, but then we also do more community-focused things So we partner with. I don't know if you've heard of a group called Fresk, which do really interesting um, things around the is it the ICCP report around climate change, and they, they basically have an interactive game that they do to try and educate people um, using cards around, you know, different scenarios and what will happen in different scenarios if we don't act. So we kind of... I guess we're really trying to build um, uh, communities, and you know we have a we have a cold water swimming club who swim in the West Reservoir. We have a mushroom collective. You know we are, and what we try and do is to take causes or businesses and kind of like grab them and shout about them, and you know, and 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 help them to grow as well. And the idea is that we grow together, and and. Um, Quite an exciting thing we're launching in March is um, a um, incubator for um, five of the top food brands in um, in the UK. Um, and what we are doing is we're creating an incubator where we are running a competition, and the sort of winners of that competition will also receive free um, legal advice, financial advice, marketing advice, and so essentially. A lot of the things that we've struggled with as a business, you know, in terms of understanding around, I don't know, structures for company for shares or, you know, payment terms or all of these like nitty gritty things. Um, we want to, we're, we're creating this from March and it, it will be called Shelf Stars. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so we, we've got lots of exciting projects. And I think the reason we're able to have grown so fast um, is that everyone within the business is really excited about the different parts and owns a different part and you know we're involved with lots of different very niche and kind of strange events and and you know our team go to these events in their spare time so they're really you know they're really excited by what we're doing and really live it although that sounds a bit lame and cliche but yeah that, that's like a whistle stop tour of how we work and from a customer's perspective you can click and collect in store you can come in on, on the day and you can buy things in store 
Um, we deliver all across London every Thursday, so which we just launched last week, which is super exciting. And next week we are starting to deliver all across the UK as well. So, so yeah, there are lots of um, exciting things ahead. Really, um, we've also about to launch a pickled mushroom company called the Fun Guys, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I'm going to visit the factory next Friday in Wales, um, and then we're also about, we work with lots of foragers um, around London, so. We're about to launch a uh, alcoholic um, forage like cocktail uh, as well. So there are lots of different you know projects um, we're looking at, and I think yeah, it's uh, yeah really exciting uh, times for us. I don't know where to start with the questions <laughs> or the things I want to go into. I just wanted to start by saying what really makes me laugh is when I first moved to the area my housemate gave me a kind of a whistle-stop kind of description of what's in the air and he's like oh yeah and there's this there's a great little corner shop little did he know how much more than a corner shop you guys are um <laughs> you know, i think it's interesting because like for so long we were in on the corner but we didn't have any signs <laughs> you know like we we it was just me running it for like a year and a half so when i was running it actually luke when i was at silver bullet ah. um, and I was, so I was doing like, we started by opening one day a week, which was just on Wednesday. And then I was like, it was during lockdown. So I was in the shop and I'd have to like lock the door for meetings. But then it was really embarrassing because it would be, it's a glass, the whole the store is glass. So I'd be on like a Zoom call and someone's like banging on the door, you know, like trying to get in. And I'm just staring at my screen, like completely like, like pretending that I cannot see this person who's trying to get in. And um, and yeah, that, that, that was when it began. And, um, and uh, yeah, for, uh, I was working you know, when I was working then at the time, the sort of brand, I guess, wasn't there and we didn't have any signs and we've only actually got signs like four months ago, really. And now it's amazing <laughs> the difference that a sign uh, makes. <laughs> and now we're trying to focus on a little touch points for customers to actually try and communicate all of these things we're involved in. You know, like we, we started a supper club. No, sorry, we started a, something called the Curry Club about a year ago in Islington with Anna Jones and Mirasoda, who are two like really mm. famous chefs, feeding 400 families across Islington. Uh, um, and um, we do tons of projects like that. We work with lots of churches. We work with lots of food banks um, all across within sort of six miles of where we are. Um, and no one really knows about those things. And I think now we're starting, you know, starting to think around how do we you know communicate those things as a company because like you said holly when you come to the shop you know it's, it feels like a corner shop but it's so much more than that i'm going to holly's house this evening um and one of my um stops en route is the store um it's already oh, been planned just before this podcast started recording before you came on rollo so this is not a uh, like a like a deal that has been arranged, but I was like, oh no, I can stop off on the way. So that's happening later. I, have only, I think I've only been a couple of times, Holly, but both times it was very exciting and a, a little bit overwhelming because it has all the kinds of products that we yeah. love uh, and also yeah. being able to support and give to, or, or kind of be part of a process that's helping uh, suppliers and, and brands and, and people with a more ethical or local approach without having to go to some of the monolithic supermarkets um, 
or without yeah. having to go really far out of your way um, because it's all yeah. there. And that is really, that for, you know, particularly in places like London, um, it is really important because London is huge. And so the, the delivery thing is really interesting as well um, uh, so to, to kind of see how you're bringing those different uh, products, different brands and making them more accessible. Um, so was that yeah. always kind of like one of, you've talked about wanting people to know about things uh, and different products and farmers and, and all these different goods yeah. and things but was accessibility kind of one of the big yeah, things I that you aimed for definitely i think you know when you think about farmers markets you know the, the farmers markets typically operate maybe you could say three three days a week across london maybe four actually you know wednesday thursday saturday sunday but typically there are weekend things they're things that people go to but often people might be hungover they might not make it to them um, you know, or equally for a lot of the producers we work with, they might, you know, fishermen things, they might only turn up like one fish or, you know, so that there isn't a consistency of supply. And also, mm -hmm. you know, if it's raining, you turn up and all your produce is there and the customers don't come. And so I think what we're trying to do is, is you know, is make it convenient for consumers to access some of the products that we have, you know, quite niche products, but really amazing things, you know, um, from honey to, I don't know, mushroom tinctures or mushroom drops from the Isle of Wight or, you know, a huge range of different things. Um, and then equally for the farmers, you know, there's one place where you come and you drop it and then we manage all the distribution and the logistics, which is the part which is the most challenging, you know, is and managing customer service. So, so we take away a lot of that pain for the farmers, but also for the people and it's mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty hard sometimes, <laughs> but um, that's the nature of dealing with, you know, these sort of supply chains. And, and also we know, you know, we know 80 to 85 percent of the producers ourselves. And, and that also means it's much more. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting to have a relationship like that um, with our producers. And I, I think a really key thing for us, too, though, it's, which is now we're starting to sort of focus on much more is is the affordability side of because we're not naive to the fact that you know we are a symptom we are a symptom of gentrification you know like us moving into Waldemstow it's not we're not a shop where anyone everyone can necessarily shop and where, where what we really are trying to look at doing is to have sort of a, some sort of framework when we go into a new area of ways that we are working with local schools or ways that we're employing people from within the area or things that we're doing we're exploring a pay it forward like benchmark scheme um and and what we're looking at at the moment is actually having a like a buying collective which is going to be across 25 independent stores in london uh, whereby we have a warehouse in Warren, so and we essentially focus on sort of core products like i don't know uh, chopped tomatoes or oat milk or certain core products um, which we can look at buying together as a collective in order to allow us all to be more competitive because that is one of the key things is sort of you know how we how we can bring the prices down and make, make the prices sensible um, and it, it is a it is a challenge and there's a balance as well um, and uh, it, it's a ongoing uh, process <laughs> And I guess it's quite um, that like lovely idea of a farmer's market, which is lovely. But like you say, most of the time, if you go to a farmer's market, it's like a little special treat because you, you, know, you went to bed early. 
I guess you're trying to encapsulate what the essence of what a farmer's market is, except making it accessible and realistic to how we live our lives now. Um, the other things you're talking about, the kind of the gentrification, and I guess trying to find that balance in communities of, uh, especially yeah. in London, we do, ha- yeah. we have this obvious divide. So it must be quite a tricky space to work in at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and there, you know, it's sort of, and, and also like, you know, our veg boxes start from £8.50 and you can feed three or four people from them. So like we do, we have within our offering um, options as well that aren't completely, you know, crazy and are more competitive than the supermarket. So I think, um, but now that we've started to develop a team and we have a procurement, like our head of procurement and, you know, we're starting to have more structures, the key thing is looking at how do we bring down bring down the prices, particularly in a time where prices are going up, um, which we are doing and, and we're being creative and, you know, we're launching some of our own branded products and that's bringing down the price. And so it's, uh, you know, and, and our customers are recognizing that that's exciting too. And we're quite fortunate because when we started, you know, we in, in two days we had like over two or three hundred orders to fulfill. And it was me and another guy driving in a zip van around, you know, <laughs> around uh, London d- delivering. And we'd never done that before or, or not like like that. <laughs> um, and uh, the relationship that we have with our customers, because we have around 5,000, um, the relationship we have with them is very, very close. We Because of the, what we forged then, where, you know, we were talking with them on the phone, like, okay, don't worry, we'll get you food. And, and, and then the amazing thing was that coming out of COVID, we started you know having a store then meeting those customers you know or realizing that you actually knew those customers which is really special too Mm. i think that's really interesting because i think focusing on that community aspect as we lurch from one global crisis to another increasingly small communities defaulting it it almost feels like turning back the clock um but but actually it's maybe something that we've we've lost and, and should have retained but where these these smaller communities and that could be geographically defined in any way you want really but um peeps, groups of people that are that come together around shared goals shared values shared geography whatever it is um that then can rely on one another in times of crisis or can or you know where your food is coming from so you know that what you're getting is is balanced and healthy and, and not sugar water that's imported um but so there is that kind of um interchangeable community process where people are learning from one another, relying on one another, perhaps in a way that particularly in in kind of gentrified parts of London, especially that has been lost. Like, you know, we've spoken about this Mm. on the podcast before about how, how many of your neighbors do you actually know in your apartment building, non corporate community focused initiatives um, that, that bridge the gap between supplier and producer and, uh, and consumer whilst also educating, whilst also encouraging us to rely on one another in a way that perhaps um, the last decade, few decades have encouraged us not to rely on one another, I think is 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 needed. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, I was involved with the, um, something called Tea with Strangers London, which was which came over from America, which was basically um, trying to turn cities into communities and encourage, you basically have tea with five strangers at a time and you chat about anything and everything and it's really interesting to 
the different motivations that people go to these things with. Like some people are trying to overcome fear of talking to each other, others just wanted a new experience, others wanted to practice their English. And I think that English people are very um, different culturally in that they need an excuse to talk to someone. Like in a way, in our communities, the fact that you shop there and you go there together, you identify as being like, oh, you, so the space within the shop becomes very open where you go in and people will chat and say like, oh, you know, and, and the, what they have in common is that the fact that they shop in the, that place. So you, I don't know, it's quite interesting that that's almost, uh, you know, the trigger um, for people to interact and to talk to each other. And we're, we're about to launch a, a thing in our new store where you can come in and there'll be free tea and you can like sit down and have a cup of tea with a stranger and is so we're looking at like you know as many sort of little interesting things like that as we can yeah i can definitely attest to like the atmosphere and the energy of the Norwich communities that i live around the corner from um sometimes i don't actually need anything i just think i'll pop in because <laughs> <laughs> i know that whoever's working there is going to be friendly and i'm likely yeah. to come away with I mean, most likely there's crumpets because... Oh, I... the, yeah, that's oh. what I was going to say. That time that we went by and we bought like six packets of the crumpets because we got excited and the person that was working there was just like, yeah, you should try more of these. I'm like, okay. Honestly, I dream about those crumpets. So actually, Wally, if you don't mind me asking, because it's it sounds yeah. like this is all just big snowball that's getting more bit that's getting bigger and more beautiful and very exciting and um, have yeah. you had any kind of major setbacks or struggles or kind of those moments of like what the flip am i doing or how is this going to work out yeah i think every single day <laughs> yeah <laughs> no um now that now that um we have a team it's amazing like because I think when you're doing it on your own, and I didn't have anyone else, I was like, I guess, a solo founder. Um, it's really hard because you're doing everything. There's just so many, there are millions of things you need to think around. Um, less, and then, and then you're sort of like, okay, and then you're like, are we making any money? <laughs> um, so I think what we have grown through community, and our team is a community, and everyone, you know. Is empowered to do their own things. Like one of the girls on the team is launching a baby merchandise uh, business uh, next month. You know, which is going to be part of our business. So um, we've got we've allow people to take things and run with them, and I think that's really exciting for us. And I guess the the community, as you have your, the team community, but the kind of wider community, all of that is building up strength and momentum, so that yeah, it's no longer like one individual who has to do 20 different things it's exactly. like well part of your kind of your hub is having people yeah. who bring different skill sets exactly and, and the amazing thing is that we we make so much time everyone to meet new people so we very quickly become the community is getting stronger and stronger and you know like i think that's what's really exciting is that we're on we're creating this and it sounds a bit lame but we like to call it like we create these ripples that become waves and you start we're starting to see that now where you've got all these little things we've done and now we're starting to kind of see it moving forward um which is really exciting oh my, i mean you guys are like out of control in the best way possible <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i am I loving mean, this yeah the greatest innovation comes from taking those big leaps doesn't it um and i yeah. think what you've been describing um 
the the breadth and depth of what you've been describing is an antidote to lots of different things, um, in, including yeah. you know access to good quality food and and produce and and but also access to community um, mm. um, and access to perhaps. I think lots of people, what we've been discussing a lot about on this podcast and kind of conversations we've been having with other people is people are beginning to think, hang on, this is perhaps not the life I want for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And just because I'm in a city doesn't mean that I have to consign myself to kind of this doom and gloom approach to, you know, the kind of the the way things have been. Um, And actually, there might be a more positive way to live and to experience community together. Um, yeah, and I, I think what you're describing is is really encouraging, and I, I think lots of people are going to want to. Well, clearly they already are, but I, I, I'm really excited to see the the potential behind that grow and and continue to be part of it as a as a yeah. as a as a as a consumer. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think a lot of people see it as like a breath of fresh air as well. Presumably, or not presumably, Rollo, please tell us, what is the best way for people to find you or to find uh, large communities? Yeah, the best way for people to find us is either come to one of our stores in Finsley's Park, uh, Black Horse Road, or King's Cross, or um, Highbreak. We've got four shops there. Um, or you can go to nourishcommunities.com and you can you know, see we've got veg boxes that you can subscribe to or just try as a one-off. We deliver all across London every Thursday, um, or you could use on Instagram if you're interested in collaborating with us, or you know, hosting an event with us, or would like to get involved in some capacity. We're we're, we're looking at launching a CIC as well, um, mm. a charity um, around um, suicide awareness, um, oh. as it's a, a a topic that I hold quite close to to me, um, and and uh, so we're we're going to be looking to get much more involved within mental health. Um, and um, those are sort of we're really interesting in, in working with as many different people um, uh, as possible. And even if it's just for a tea or coffee, I'd say just get in touch with us, and we'd love to meet and have a chat. And um, I can I also uh, add that if you also appreciate some slightly lame but quite cute and quite funny veggie jokes, your Instagram so yeah, is also all over those as well. I was going to say, Luke, just then I said to say, well, you are a fun guy, but it was a, it was a bad joke. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm having flashbacks to, to the, uh, the, the old office days. Oh. But, uh, I mean, yeah. there is literally no limit, um, and I am loving it. <laughs> and I wish we could just, uh, we could just continue to talk for the next hour, but <laughs> we would require tea being brought through and a crumpet. And I have neither of those on my, in my flat. Right, I have tea, but no crumpet. So um, this conversation cannot continue forever, unfortunately. Um, but we really value your time and your energy, Rollo. And just um, very. In- I, what I love about what we're trying to do with the podcast and who we get to speak to is, even if you're having a bit of a low day, or you know you've accidentally listened to the news, which is always a bad thing to do in the current climate. Um, when we get to chat to people that are doing things that they find really inspiring and motivating and clearly you speak from a place of passion um and that you know regardless of what the work is that's really encouraging to know that people are out there doing stuff that they love um and then what's even more so is that it's actually having an impact so we really value you sharing with that today and what we'll do is 
we'll make sure that the links and everything are in the show notes uh, and um, keep shopping with you as I will do later this evening. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Lika Nolly, for your time. Very much appreciated. Okay, so, Luke, we have been on quite the journey. It started with a full outfit show, which I was loving. And I, I appreciated the, uh, yeah, we got the almost head to toe. Yeah, I do you know what? I wonder if we should start instigating that into podcast guests. Like, just so we have a full understanding of who you are, give us your full outfit. But some people would be doing the whole business on top nothing on like you know like if people were like wearing a smart shirt during lockdown then they would be wearing their pants i don't know if we need to see that but we've just been on such a fun ride of fungi honey um i mean the list of things that are going on from nourished communities is just incredible um and i'm loving the kind of it's like i feel like we've been on a bouncy castle just getting higher and higher and more satisfying bounces. Mm. And I think, I think what resonated with me is like the kind of acknowledgement that they have around the complications of what they're doing, where things might be difficult in terms of wanting to make it accessible, but also um, in terms of gentrification, kind of a consciousness of actually we don't have all the answers, we don't have all the fixes, but we're trying to contribute to this. Um, we're trying to we're, we're trying to do our bit. Um, and I just find that really, like I said in the episode, I find that really encouraging. So again, Rollo, thank you. We're really grateful. Um, and we'll be looking forward to stay tuned to how Nourish Communities continues to grow at the extraordinary pace that it already has. And so until next time, dear listeners, we encourage you to get bouncing on a bouncy castle. Um, maybe go foraging, but most importantly, go and check out Nourish Communities. It's online. Absolutely. And of course, you can uh, show your love and joy for us as well by subscribing, by liking, by sharing, by finding us on Instagram, so many different ways. And we'll make sure that's all in the show notes for you to be able to access all of our great previous episodes and for you to subscribe so you never miss a future episode too. Exactly. Until then, ciao for now. Peace and love.